Welcome to Journey Church Tucson Sermon Podcast. We are an evangelical free church seeking to honor God by making disciples that learn about, love like, and live for Jesus. Welcome back to the Journey Midweek Podcast. Um, my name is Tyler Hurst. I'm one of the pastors here, if you haven't met me before. And this week, joined by lead pastor, Jim Roden. Hello. And we want to chat a little bit about the sermon schedule. So I, we, we just finished church, mm-hmm. like 20 minutes ago. And in the sermon, I referenced that we have a, a sermon series coming on the, uh, on the fancy seminary term, right, is theological anthropology, mm-hmm. what it means to be made in the image of God, what it means to be human. Uh, but le- let's spend a little bit of time talking about what are we doing now? How long are we going to go for? And what are we teaching for the rest of the year? Uh, yeah, what are the books, themes, those sorts of things we're going right. to look at? So we are in a 12-week ser- sermon series in Second Timothy. Okay. And we're going to take that all the way up to Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter. It comes early this year. Yes. So Second Timothy mm-hmm. and uh, attempting to, to not, not drag it out for an entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, truth is, in any given passage, there's at least five sermons we could preach. Right. So, um, and, and certainly some churches and preachers historically have, have done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Puritans were famous for yeah. being able to write two volumes on one verse. Martin Lloyd-Jones's yeah. book on the Sermon on the Mount is, mm. you know, like 700 pages because he went verse by verse. Yeah. He has a sermon on, I think it's Matthew 5, it's Matthew 5, and then it actually is just B. It's Matthew 5 and then like 14B. It's a. It's not even a full sentence that he did a sermon on. I think James, James Montgomery Boyce probably did five years in the Gospel of John, and and it's that my largest commentary sitting on my shelf. So if anybody, it's enormous. If anybody's wondering why we teach for forty minutes, it's so that we can get through books of the Bible, so that our our people hear from both Old and New Testament, different books of the Bible, different genres. But you got to teach a little bit longer. And you're still cutting stuff out. You're still cutting court, stuff right? out. And, mm-hmm. and, yet, and yet we're not, you know, five, five weeks on how to have a better life, how mm-hmm. to have a better finances, how to have better, you know, just and, and only do that. I'm not against that. I'm not saying that, that there's no place for that in Christendom. Um, I'm just saying, man, the power is in the word of God. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't want to stop at 2 Timothy and preach 52 weeks. Right. In second two, so so we're we're somewhere in that envelope of trying to be faithful to whole books, not miss difficult, challenging, troubling passages, and only skip into the fun ones, the easy ones. Trying to be faithful, take enough time. So twelve weeks, uh, we've done twenty four weeks, but um, somewhere in that envelope, not the longest, not the shortest, and so that's why twelve weeks in Second Timothy. And we're doing Second Timothy up to Easter. Yes. How do you hope Second Timothy prepares us for Easter? Like, oh you, boy, that's you, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let me just talk about in general why we okay. picked Second yeah, Timothy, and uh, you were in on that conversation, so mm-hmm. maybe you have a better answer for the Easter question. Okay, but um, you know, we're looking at, at a, a time in world history. It could be influenced by my my time and season in life and ministry. Um, it's definitely influenced by. Um, Time in, in American history, North America, mm-hmm. North American politics, it's an election year. 2020 was the last election year 
And uh, if if anyone remembers, you know, we we came apart at the seams as a nation, things accelerated. So like someone took took all of, of the uh, inflammatory, incendiary topics, brought them all into 2020 and poured diesel fuel on them. And it absolutely invaded the church, the church in North America, the evangelical church, um, and, and even impacted our, our church. Mm-hmm. And so there are people that no longer fellowship with us or claim to be Christians that I know personally in this town that 2020 was so, so divisive and the, the topics, and I just have to admit, we weren't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. We were not thinking as Christians, we were thinking more politically than we were biblically. Mm-hmm. So Second Timothy in particular, starting off the year, has several of those kinds of themes wrapped in. It's gospel post-centric. <clears throat> it's um, Paul's famous last words. There's a sense of urgency to this book and a call to faithful ministry. And, you know, he ends, Timothy, fulfill your ministry. Mm-hmm. And this is as Neronian persecution is amplifying. In fact, Paul is not going to escape prison. He's going to pass his mantle, his baton off to Timothy and say, it's your turn to run the race, which will include lots of shame and suffering. And so what better, what better message to, to anchor us if, if the call for us as preachers and pastors is uh, to come alongside our people with the scriptures in order to, to perform Romans 12.2 on them. Uh, I mean, I know that's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. I know that they have Renewal responsibility. Your mind for those who yeah, I'm, I'm about ready to quote it. The... Yeah, <laughs> do not be conformed to this right. present world. Which, which in the in the Greek, they're actually, it's happening. They're being squeezed into the mold of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not everything, it's not just drug, sex, rock and roll. I mean, that's like, I talk about that, like pedestrian level carnality. Mm-hmm. Like that's easy to spot. But there are so many other layers of worldliness that in fact, you, you were talking about in the sermon today, some respectable forms. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Respectable forms of... Um, fear or yeah, I don't shame? actually remember what I don't. That was a. Uh, <clears throat> it's in the sermon notes. I'd have to yeah, yeah. my transcript. So, but, but Jerry Bridges has a has the saying, the phrase "respectable sins." Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's yeah. where where we're heading. Is mm-hmm. is there's respectable forms of um, political div- divisiveness and and arguing and and um, getting getting caught up in the wrong fights. Yeah on topics that are not just secondary issues, they're third or fourth layer issues. And we're called to be gospel-centered people, mission-centered people, theologically-centered people. So Romans 12, 2, um, don't be conformed to the, to, the, to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so as pastors and, and, and thinkers and um, prayers and uh, meditation, just Lord, what, what is the call? What is your call for the times that we are in? And we might get them wrong. It might be a really peaceful, not likely, but it might be a really peaceful year. Um, But hey, no harm, no no foul. Mm -hmm. We're we're looking at intense books where people lived in intense times. 
They were not the majority position. They were not the majority voice. Their opinion mattered very little, but they were aligned with what God was doing by the Holy Spirit to produce a revolutionary wave of, of worldwide gospel transformation. These were the early seasons of that movement. And uh, man, you come back to, to 2 Timothy and you just yeah. see that kind of grounding. And I think, if I remember correctly, when, when we were talking about this, this sermon schedule, one of the things that we were talking about is as we head into a political year, an election year, and all that division that you were, you were mentioning, uh, Timothy, like you said, has this, Second Timothy has this urgency and this gospel focus. I, in my sermon today, I talked about an undercurrent of the gospel is pushing mm-hmm. the whole thing forward. Uh, and so even when Paul is talking about other topics, underneath that is the gospel pulling those topics forward. And where we're going to end this book is at the celebration of the resurrection of Christ, which is the fundamental political event for a Christian. Mm-hmm. Because our king, our political leader, uh, has died and yet now lives again. Mm-hmm. And because of that, every other political leader has to be secondary. And so we've come to this point of the gospel is the fundamental political message that a Christian has, mm-hmm. is that we can divide over all these sorts of things, but we divide over them in a sense open-handedly. Yep. Because you can vote for a different political party than I do, mm-hmm. but we're still brothers because we we are bound together by the gospel. Yeah, and let, let me double down on that because yeah. there's, there's a thread in there that has been... Uh, God's, God's ways throughout his redemptive plan of the ages. God, mm-hmm. Now, understand this. God is the ultimate um, and biggest winner. Mm-hmm. He is a winner. But God's way of winning has always been by losing. Jesus won by losing. And what I mean by that is in the world's eyes and world system in the way we imagine, you talked about Friedrich Nietzsche, Mm-hmm. Ascent to power and, and assert your will on this world and win. Be a winner. And the gospel runs contrary to that. And mm-hmm. that Jesus ran contrary to that. Yeah. He won by laying down his life. He was he's basically in his lifetime, you could say, oh, he's a loser. He had very few followers. He never traveled outside of Israel, the the lands there. Mm-hmm. And he leaves behind a small ragtag band of, of followers who had lost their master. And yet, look at us 20 centuries later and all that Christ has accomplished through his church. That he didn't need to be perceived as a winner in the moment. There's mm-hmm. no ego. There's no pride. And what's Paul doing in prison in 2 Timothy? And what is he challenging Timothy? To be bold? To, to not be ashamed of the gospel. You're going to yeah. look like a loser. You're going to be called a loser. That's okay. God's got a deeper, more profound power that is working. You, you're playing your part. And in the end, we're the winners. He's mm-hmm. the winner. We're going to win. And that comes across in the book we go to after Easter and after Timothy. One, yep, absolutely. In fact, it's, it's sort of the same mm-hmm. book. It's the same book, but it's Old, Old Testament, Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, the book of Daniel. Yeah. And we're going to do that 14 or 15 weeks. I uh-huh. think we have two or three pullouts right. that we're going to drill down on a particular issue or topic. But there's 12 chapters in the book of Daniel. And, and we're doing the whole thing. We're going to do the whole thing. So when there's visions of like rams fighting goats and you got to figure yep. out, we're still doing that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And great. and our times, the world in which we live, that we, we could be sad over, 
or or depressed about, mm-hmm. those are all prophesied. Right. This day <clears throat> is prophesied in the book of Daniel and explained what is going on in our times. What I love about that is Daniel and his, and his friends, uh, his faithful friends, um, they're in exile. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we're not there yet right. in the same way. But wow, talk about guys that kept their heads up and their eyes on the Lord and kept first things first. Mm-hmm. Such a powerful witness and testimony of how are we then to live. Um, you see, Daniel has very, very, very strong convictions. And yet he is able to work in the cabinet of King Nebuchadnezzar, um, Darius, mm-hmm. there's another, I don't know, Artaxerxes or Belshazzar. Now, he, that was a very short one. That's why I forget who he is. Yeah, he had a very short rule. Yeah. But, but Daniel was, was called out and called up to serve faithfully and loved by these pagan kings so much so that when by his own decree, Darius has him thrown in the lion's den, mm-hmm. he stays up all night. Yeah, He goes, my goodness, what have I done? He mm-hmm. loves Daniel, right. does not want to lose Daniel. So these kings, these that I guarantee you, Daniel, Hanani, Azariah, Mishael, they did not agree with the, these men, mm-hmm. their politics, right. their worldview, and yet they were able to work in, in that world and rise to influence in Babylon and Medo-Persian empire mm-hmm. and serve at the highest level and be faithful and know what fight to pick and what fight not to pick. I was pondering this Proverbs 26, 17. This is what all these, all these uh, what we're trying to do uh-huh. and prepare for this year. Proverbs 26, 17. Uh, Solomon said, whoever meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. What we're trying to do is equip, equip ourselves. It's not like about chihuahuas. No, no, no. No, we're trying to equip ourselves and our people to know which fight to pick. Uh, yeah. Because there's some of these things that's like, have a, have a soft touch to it. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Ask more questions. You don't have to push out there your political opinion. And get into a into a uh, a fight over over a non central issue, mm-hmm. and so to again be be transformed by the renewing of our minds is not just what to think about every single topic, mm-hmm. but how important is each topic in particular? And so you see that in Daniel, yeah, that they can do that and uh, live in that swim in those waters, and to be. Um, I love those, those titles, dearly beloved by God, right. the angel says to Daniel in one of those, one of those um, prophetic passages. And um, again, even the, the long game, and that's, that's even going back to, to Jesus won by losing. Yeah, Paul was going to win by losing, asking Timothy to win by losing. And Daniel, I mean, they lost everything in, in the exile, but they didn't lose. Mm-hmm. Um, they're asked to play the long game. They're going to die in exile, and yet their lives are going to shine like the stars in the heavens forever and ever. And that's where the book ends. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think you can. The only way you can live 
how Daniel lives. And the only way you can say, as I just preached from the words of Paul today, to be unashamed, is if you understand what we're going to do right after Daniel, which is we're mm-hmm. going to go into a short series uh, on prayer. But yep. this one's different from last year. Last year we did prayers of a missionary. Yep. This year, what are we doing for prayer? We're doing uh, we're doing doxological uh, prayers from the Book of Psalms, and so it's going to be short. But there's a very powerful message, and very powerful experience that I hope that every every believer that that hears these messages will will at least have had at least one experience many hopefully many more but um those times when you're just in crisis and the people around you are losing their cool mm-hmm. and someone says or maybe you say man just pray let's just pray let's just trust the lord you begin to pray and if you'll begin to pray God-centered prayers first, upstream prayers, um, the way Jesus instructed us to pray, which, which I think we're looking at that in the Psalms. Yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. To, to look at who God is and to begin to pray back to him before asking for any help in the moment or any help in the, uh, the current cultural crisis or election issues. Just center your prayers and your thoughts, feasting on God's glory, feasting on God's attributes that you know to be true according to the scripture and by experience and in creation. And reciting those things back to God and the power of that kind of prayer Mm -hmm. to cut through anxiety and to, to clarify issues and I've had that experience in, in some of the most profound ways um, when things are rattling apart, coming apart at the seams and just say, God, whatever's about to happen, that's your issue. I'm going to stop and focus on you. And there's power in mm-hmm. that kind of prayer. I believe it blesses the heart of the Father. So much so in the peace, this is where we, and to borrow New Testament, Philippians 4, the peace of Christ which surpasses understanding guards yeah. our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But if we don't learn how to pray these God-centered doxological prayers, we miss out on the peace of Christ. And yeah, there's a sense in which, like, last year we looked at the mission of God and praying for the mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this year we're looking at the character of God. And both of these are, like you said, they're upstream of our prayer lives. And it's so important to take some time just to think about them because we we often get bogged down in the, here's a list of requests I have about different things, uh, different things happening in my life. And if I've got, you know, some time in the morning before my boys wake up or before I got to get to work or something like that, and I just start with that list, I never get to what is God doing mm-hmm. in the world and I never get to who God is. But if I start with mm-hmm. what, what is God trying to do mm-hmm. uh, what is, and who is God, then I might have not only started with a prayer that is actually the prayer which will get those other prayers answered, mm-hmm. um, because if I'm praying about the character of God and like take, for example, God's goodness, then my prayer for uh, my sister-in-law's health condition or something like that, that is covered under mm-hmm. God's goodness, right? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But yep. it also opens my eyes to what God's doing around me and you know the neighbors that moved in across the street. And if I'm thinking about the mission of God in my prayer life, then, oh, I've got new neighbors across the street. 
Yeah. You know, how do they play into that? Yeah. To, and to add one more metaphor is is that when mm -hmm. I'm not centered on on God's power and majesty, mm -hmm. I am more tempted to white knuckle the steering wheel of my life. Yeah. Um, I'm terrified. It's on me. It's it's my choice. It's and and I might mess this thing up. Mm -hmm. um, it's a terrifying place to be in. But when we focus in on on who God is, His Majesty, His sovereignty, His power, His intention, His goodness, I can surrender. Mm -hmm. I can I can come under the lordship of Jesus, and say, Lord, whatever it is that you would have me to do, I'm your servant. You've mm -hmm. purchased me with your blood, right. the blood of your Son. Right. I am yours. Um, that's hard to pray when you recognize that he has some very hard assignments for some of his children. Yeah. Um, assignments like cancer, uh, assignments like having a baby with, with a disability, mm -hmm. a child with um, special needs. Right. And, and these things can be terrifying. Like, oh my goodness, if I give God too much control, what he might, he might give me more than I can handle. And it's, no, he's good. Mm -hmm. And even those things that look to be hard in and through the world's lens, God is good. Yeah. We can trust Him. And you pray those upstream prayers and surrender comes easy because mm. you see God's heart is good and He's powerful. And life is but a vapor. It's short. And eternity is immense. And God is good. So, so we sort of wrap up. Or that, that's taking place during the summer. So as we move mm -hmm. from summer to fall, what are we what are we looking at? Jumping into uh, the sermon series that you you've referenced a couple times now um, in in uh, your last two messages, uh, the Imago Dei, mm -hmm. or what it, what it means to be image bearers, uh, created in God's image, and that will cover a number of topics. So this one's a little more theological. Right. Um, it's going to fit with our times in in a um, a hot political year. And things that seem to divide the country, uh, and definitely divides the church, and things that are are unique to our church. Um, so issues of sexuality, issues of uh, life and um, abortion, euthanasia, disability, disability. Now, I was getting to that one. Um, what does that mean for someone with profound intellectual disabilities? Mm -hmm. um, all these things are argued and contested. Um, you know, in the marketplace of the world, uh, the place of ideas. You got Peter Singer, the mm -hmm. the ethicist that yep. that uh, claims that um, someone with disability or profound disability um, has less right to live than a healthy orangutan. Yep, and he says it unabashedly at a formerly Christian university, Princeton. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's on staff at Princeton. So we're... chair of the moral philosophy department, <laughs> by the yeah. way. Yeah, extraordinary. Mm -hmm. But but. We think that that's going to be really important because, again, I think 2020, um, the shakeout of 2020, is we saw some people that we had discipled for many years. And whether or not they just kind of stayed quiet about their deeper opinion on these matters or, or they changed at the end during all of the, the heat and intensity, but mm -hmm. we discovered people that were... that went out from us that were pro-abortion. Hmm. Yeah. And, and that's not to be a, that's not a political issue. That's a, a moral theological issue. Yeah. And that's what that sermon series is about in all those to topics. It's not, they're not primary political issues, theological and moral issues. With political application. Yeah. Yes. So, and then where do we close the year? Close the year in sec uh, in First Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's a, 
um, New Testament writing. Some had said that the day of the Lord had already come. Um, and Paul just admonishing believers, um, the day of the Lord has not come. When it mm -hmm. comes, everyone will know it. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, how then shall we live? That book is packed with uh, how are we supposed to live in... So we move from theology of what it means to be human to biblical exposition of Christ came, lived, died, resurrected, and left us here. Yes. How do we live in light of those those mm -hmm. kind of truths is sort of where First Thessalonians lands the yes. plane at the end between of the, the two advents. Yeah. So what do you hope we, what's like some uh, kind of the big picture, what do you hope we take away from this year as we take time to meditate on, reflect on God's word? Uh, and I know the Holy Spirit, like the wind, blows where he wants. Yeah. But if you could pray, well, you can pray, if you were to ask the Holy Spirit, hey, here's what I would like to see as the lead pastor Here's what I would like to see Journey Church learn as we look at these books. Is there some, something you have in mind? Yeah, I, I would hope that, that um, we would be at peace mm. with the time and place that God has placed us as individuals and as a congregation. That instead of flipping out and, and rushing off um, on conspiracy theories and frustration and angst watching the evening news or reading the reading the, the morning paper and losing our cool feeling all that just going god you're bigger than this god it's okay other faithful brothers and sisters throughout the centuries have lived through much worse than this mm -hmm. we just happen to be here right now in this season um, there's not a whole lot that one person can do to to we're not going to change the times and the seasons uh, we live in the midst of them. And that's, right. a, that's a big message throughout all these books. Yeah. Daniel didn't change mm -hmm. the exile and make it turn back to faithful Israel right. in the days of Solomon. Right. He didn't do that. But he stood faithful. He was at peace. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of truth, a man of action in the midst of that crazy world. Mm -hmm. And I would hope that the peace of Christ would, would be there. And so that instead of just, just going... You know, every conversation is a political one, mm -hmm. that our conversations are missional right. ones, gospel ones, theological ones on, on theologies that matter, central mm -hmm. to yeah. the gospel, um, that we would find common common ground with, with people, that would be reasonable within reason, mm -hmm. meaning there is a line of demarcation, but it's an envelope, and there's lots of disagreement on lots of soft things in between, in, inside the envelope. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we encounter those outside the envelope, that we even know how to negotiate those relationships because we're going to find that. Yeah. We're going to, to have conversations with people that are trying to pick a fight or will be tempted to pick a fight. And it's not a call, call for cowardice or hiding your light under a bushel, but just how do you negotiate and walk through? How do you be curious about another person's worldview mm -hmm. and ask good questions? And care for them as a human being instead of having it terminate right. on the candidate you're going to, and the issues you're passionate about. Yeah. In breaking the relationship and the hope that you could actually be a gospel witness to them over the long run. Well, let me just close with this then. Uh, 
in terms of recommendations, here's a couple of recommendations, knowing where we're headed, that I would, I would put forward. One is for people to sign up for the Prepare for Sunday email that'll help them kind of think about these texts, think about what we're doing in our gatherings uh, before they encounter them so that they can be meditating on them, praying through them, singing the songs, because everything we do in a gathering is, is pushing forward the, the theme or the message of the week. Uh, as well, I think pretty much, and you're reading a book by this guy right now, but pretty much anything Oz Guinness writes mm -hmm. is great at that finding the cultural moment and applying the gospel to it. Uh, and then in our little book stall kind of thing in the coffee shop, we have a book titled The Wisdom Pyramid by Brett mm -hmm. McCracken, which talks about how we can structure the inputs of our lives in order to build the wisdom for this age because the kingdom of God is not fully here yeah, uh, and so given where we're going, I think those would be great things. Yeah, and then I'll just say for me, um, where I am currently reading, mm -hmm. just devotionally, yeah. keeping that separate and not cheating. Uh -huh. um, I just I just jump back into First and Second Kings, and I plan on going through the 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 double take is First and Second Chronicles, right? And just just letting those historical narratives and all that God was up to in the brokenness and just. Uh, kings and, and uh, prophets, people that were that were jammed up. How the times were changing, mm -hmm. um, poor decisions on a national level, right. and that God's bigger than all of that. Yeah. So I'll be diving in in there personally um, in the next several weeks. Great. Yeah. Well, there's some things that you can think about that you can work through. Take those recommendations. Uh, read through the books that we're going to preach through. Um, but we're grateful for you. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a good week. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Journey Church Tucson Sermon Podcast. We'd love to have you join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can find out more about us at journeyefc.org.